Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three years ago, <coughs> it's four, actually. In 2012, a crack duo, one martial arts expert and surprisingly good mimic, the other a weapons specialist and professionally bearded, were sent to separate recording stations thousands of miles apart to do an 80s and 90s action commentary podcast for a crime they happily committed. Something James Spader told them about that involved an industrial drum of coconut butter hand lotion and a common household whisk. These men promptly created a passion-filled wave of action adoration that swept throughout the internet underground. Today, still wanted by Steven Seagal for making one too many jokes about his expanding gut and knitted hair, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you love action, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you should be listening to Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentaries. This podcast, people, explodes. Hello um, and welcome to Dr. Action, the Kick-Ass Kid Commentary Podcast. I am Dr. Action. And I am the Kick-Ass Kid. And my left testicle explodes and my right testicle beats it down to the morgue. As it should. As it should, as it should. So how have you been, sir? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Jolly, jolly good. Um, And uh, is there any action news has there been any like big action things happen? Uh, uh, I've got uh, one. Oh, go on then. It's our fourth anniversary. It's our fourth anniversary. It's Steven Seagal's 64th birthday. It's his 64th birthday. It's my 64th been... birthday, Johnny. But I've been on planet Earth now for one million years. One million. I invented Earth. <laughs> The concept of Earth was mine. I said to God, I said, Hey God, I'm just sitting here che- chewing on a chicken wing, and I had this idea for Earth. <laughs> and God said, That's the greatest thing I ever heard. I'm going to make you a Dalai Lama. Yeah, you should be some sort of Kung Fu master. Because God, exactly, God, God talks exactly like me. <laughs> He's a black man like I am. With Jewish roots and Cajun roots. And Russian roots. And tree roots. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to eat pork, Johnny. Lots of pork. Even though I'm a Jew. Um, so yeah, Seagal's 64th birthday. More importantly, it's our fourth birthday. Which means Seagal was alive for a whole 60 years before we even decided to do this. Yeah. And our first ever episode, which was part of the After Movie Diner, not part of Dr. Action, but our first ever episode was a Seagal commentary. It was. And as this is his 64th birthday, and it's four years since we started, we're doing another Seagal commentary. And what I learned, looking through Seagal's 80 and 90s output, we have done... Almost every single one of his films from the 80s and 90s, except Under Siege 2, 
Yeah. Uh, Ticker, which is meant to be fucking awful. It's the one he did with um, <laughs> Dennis Hopper and... Tom uh, Sizemore. Tom Sizemore, that's it. It's fucking awful. And I think he's only in it for like 10 minutes. Um, uh, Executive Decision, which he's literally only in for five minutes. And the one we're doing this week, which is dark... The Glimmer Man. The Glimmer Man, uh, which is a story about two black cops going after a serial <laughs> killer. Yeah. Yeah, don't make me black up. I don't have to. I'm already black. I'm already part black. There's, <laughs> there's actually a line in this movie where the only reason I'm making that joke is there's actually a line in the movie where Seagal turns around to a guy who's as white as he is and says, get your pasty white ass out of here. <laughs> And I'm like, he's also, you're also white. Um, that's the character who I like to call, what, you couldn't afford Mitch Pelleggi? Because uh, <laughs> he looks almost identical to uh, the Pelleggster. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that during the commentary. But happy fourth anniversary, Doc. Happy fourth anniversary to you. Can you believe we're still going? We like, are still because, going. Because, uh, <laughs> because it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, and, we're, and we are still going. Um, yeah. I've, I don't know what episode we're on. Have we looked at that yet? Let me look. Let me bring it up. It's about ninety-seven. This is ninety-seven. I think we're rounding up on our hundredth uh, episode. I think. Yes, we are. Well, it uh, would be ninety-eight, but we lost the uh, mission of justice. Oh, the best one we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Dark meat, meat sandwich. sandwich. Dark meat sandwich. <laughs> uh, so, so this one's episode ninety-seven. So in three episodes' time, we'll have another celebration for 100 episodes. Yeah. Well, that means we've done an average of, like, what, 25 episodes a year. Yeah, that's not bad. So it's like every other week. Yeah. Sort of, on average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's fine. Last year last year was very, yeah, it wasn't that many, but I think we both had shit going on. We had lots year. going on last year, didn't we? Yeah. Last year was a bit sporadic. Mm. Uh, but this year, we're, we're kicking them out. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this year we're kicking them out. We've managed uh, one in December, one in January, one in February, and one in March. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're going, and this will be the first one in April, and we'll try and squeeze out another one in April if we can. Ooh, that's the plan. We'll do it. before 2017's out. Yeah, we get to 2017. We will do the hundredth episode. We will do. We will do. No, we are trying to do it more frequently. Like last time we did it, it went out March 29th. And here we are, April 10th, doing the next one. So that's pretty good, right? I think that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Listen, it's free, so anyone complaining, roll it up and shove it up your ass. That's what I'm saying. Yeah? yeah? That's yeah. fair, isn't it? It's fair yeah. telling telling our loyal 10 listeners to go fuck themselves. I think that's fair. That's pretty yeah. fair. Sorry, sorry, Chris Taylor. It's, it's what, uh, it's what uh, Michael Winner did with his career. He's yeah. like, fuck, go fuck yourself. I'm you going to make... Rape. I'm going to make shittier and shittier movies, dear boy, until everybody leaves me alone. That's kind of how he did... Like, Michael Winner just thought, if I keep making really bad movies, eventually they'll just stop giving me money and I can uh, lie back on my... food critic, like he wanted to be. He always wanted to be a food critic, didn't he? Lie back on my bed, eat uh, roll mop herrings and uh, foie gras, um, while little Indian boys ladle grease onto my belly. That's how I imagine... (laughs) He existed. Well, I mean, I think that's what we all want from life. That's right. So in our later years. Yeah, exactly. We all want to be capsized on our bed, upside down, uh, or not upside down, on our backs rather, belly in the air, uh, being constantly kept moist 
um, by little Indian chappies with uh, uh, bowls of grease. Well, no. While... no, 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 no. I don't really care if they. You know, no, I don't care I'll, what nationality. I'll take a they're. Chinese kid. I'll take a Chinese. I'll listen. I hear that they are some of the best grease spooners on the planet. So you know, I'll take that. I'll look. Nationality, race, notwithstanding. Let's. Uh, I I take a white. I ain't racist. No, I take a white kid, but they're lazy. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fucking little entitled cunts. Uh, so uh, yeah, instead I have to look further afield. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Doing like, selfies, posting them on Instagram while I'm fucking supposed to have me belly rub. Yeah, lying, lying. Yeah, you got three kids. You can't even get your belly coated in grease. None of your nah. kids are off to do it, and they're all white. So that just proves my point. White kids are lazy. Um, yeah, they are. So uh, yeah, I want to have my grease ladled onto my belly while um, I have the finest meats and the finest uh, cream-filled pastries inserted into my gob. That's really yeah. what I'm looking for. That's, I think, yeah, like I say, I think that's what we're all looking for secretly. It's the meaning of life. It is. And it's, do you know what? Life's beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's true. That's that's really true. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, we've got some questions this week, which, again, we'll answer during the middle of the film. And that's good, because I've not looked at any of them. I want it to be a surprise. It's a surprise, uh, much like it will be to anyone uh, that we're still doing this, so it's, <laughs> so uh, that's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I kind of want, I kind of want us to do the Michael Winner and just keep making podcasts until like we just lose all our listeners. Nobody cares, but we just keep doing it anyway. Yeah, and then uh, when we're dead, somebody will, somebody will go through. Dig it up. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a rather strange podcast. And uh, it's about 80s and 90s action movies. Well, we'll become heroes. Yeah. They'll make statues of us and etch us into the side of mountains. I'd love to be around for that. Yeah. Hundreds of years from now, when they dig out the internet from underneath piles (laughs) and piles of other technologically advanced rubble um, in this dystopian future, and they come across TalkShoe... And they press play on Doctor Action and the Kick-Ass Kid. Um, because I'm sure it'll be our podcast that like crashes the internet. And therefore it'll still be flickering on the screen when the internet is discovered hundreds of years from now. And they play our entire back catalogue. It'll become like the Bible of its day. Yeah, the word cunt will probably be outlawed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and somebody will be like, and they said it with a bend. They did. They did, definitely. Um and nobody will know who Michael Winner is or any of our impressions. <laughs> like, who is this Steven Seagal fella they keep doing impressions of? No idea. That, and that is probably right. They'll probably think, it's a religious show and yeah. Steven Seagal is their god. He is. He's Buddha. Hey, hail Seagal. <laughs> he looks like Buddha, so he might as well be our Buddha. Yeah, we've um, all got a Buddha. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a Buddhist and I don't believe in violence, Johnny. Let me just stab these four guys <laughs> in the throat. Um, <laughs> which is another scene in this movie. Which makes no I've sense. I've seen this, but I've not seen it for years. So I'm looking forward to going back. I, uh, my theory is that Otto from Fishkill Wonder is based on Steven Seagal. I, I, I honestly believe that's the case. Because he's live fish. No. <laughs> 
Because when there's no other food around, he just goes to the nearest fish tank and empties it into his mouth. No, um, it was uh, it was more the fact that he's a violent Buddhist. Like in in uh, uh, the Fish Could Wander, the famous line, like one of the tenets of Buddhism is not every man for himself. <laughs> um, and, I've not uh, seen that for years, but that was probably Kevin Klein's best role, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, that and Wild Wild West. I love that. It's my favourite. Um, He's listening to this now, going, "Oh, people remember it. People remember it." I also, I also thought he did a wonderful job in *The Lovely*. Uh, so, <laughs> check that out. There's a, a kung fu scene in there, actually. Um, I don't know about that, uh, but yes. Yeah, so we're going to do it, Dave. Yes, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it. Not He's good in Silverado Western. He's good in, good in Silverado, along with. John Cleese, yeah, and Kevin Costner, yeah, yeah and John Kev- Cleese, obviously, yeah. That's that's where they he got in for uh, Fish Called Wonder, Silverado. Yes, I believe so. I believe he worked with him and thought he was really good. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's about it. Uh, do you have a week in action, Doc? You've been watching westerns aplenty, haven't you? Let's do a quick run through of our week in action. Let's not over egg the pudding. Uh, okay, well, uh, I've also watched season three of Banshee. Any good? Yes, I love Banshee. It's a great TV show. Excellent. Uh, Is it about have... lady ghosts screaming in the face of people? It'd be awesome if it was, but no, it's not. No, it's not. It's really not. Uh, what have I watched? I'm going to sue them then for, for uh, shitty advertising or shitty yeah. naming things. Yeah. Uh, what have I watched? I've watched uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, the Sheep Man, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Ride the High Country, The Searchers. Ride Cowboy. the High Country is what Michael Winner used to call it when him and his wife had sex. Yeah, loved it. She was a very large woman. She was. <laughs> I'm going to ride the high country, my dear. Don't move. That's what he uh, used to say. He did, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Professionals with Lee Marvin. Yeah. Uh, the Big Trail yeah. with John Wayne. Uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Nice. Uh, I think that is about it. That's a, a quick gander. Uh, I've watched loads more, but it's all westerns. And out of that, top three westerns that people might not have heard of that you could recommend to our lovely listeners? Uh, <laughs> what have been uh, some of your favourites, basically? My favourites, one of my favourites is The Professionals with Lee Marvin yeah. and Bert Lancaster. Well, you, can't, you can't beat Marvin. You can't beat Marvin. He's, got, he's a man. He's, he's a, a man. proper man. He's, he's man a man. man. He's a man. He's a man. Uh, the Searchers is probably, it's crashed my top five. Also, he's got two first names. Yeah, Lee and Marvin. Yeah. Greedy. Uh, yeah, I think The Searchers is probably my, it's in my top five. It could well be my favourite film of all time. Wow. Look at that right there, listeners. That's a bombshell. Yeah. This might this might become Doctor Weston, yeah. and the and more and the um, Sundance Kid commentaries. <laughs> no, no, I just love him. I just love him. It it goes back to a simpler time. It does. And, where you and could I'd love to go back to it. <laughs> where you could shoot a man for stealing your laces. Yeah. All you'd have to do. You know, did you? Did you have good reasons to kill him? Yeah. What? Called me a cunt. Yeah. Called me a cunt. <laughs> Also, women knew their place. You know what I mean? Bloody dead, didn't they? Yeah, none of All this, they to do none was of this speaking up or running for president bullshit. All they wanted to do was cock and suck dick. Yeah. And that is... 
Yeah. While men went out panning for gold, <laughs> shooting Indians. Anyway, carry yeah, on. Said she's definitely my. Uh, I think it's my. Well, just the setting and everything is just fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to go to Monument Valley, ASAP. Yeah. And as soon as you, we said about that, going Tucson Studio, Tucson Studio, is it? Tucson. Tucson. Go Tucson, Monument Valley, and Tombstone. Tombstone, Grand Canyon, let's do it all. Let's do it all. And we'll make our own western. Yeah, we'll do. And we'll uh, uh, we'll drive around to Winnebago yeah. and moon people out the window. Yeah, moonshine with moon, a moon butt. With my big butt. Put my big hairy butt on the windscreen. <laughs> uh, and then we'll go down to the Titty Twister in Mexico. Ah, that is a good idea. Yeah, there we will. Yeah. 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 So, what have you been watching, dude? Uh, not very many things uh, in terms of action. Uh, the intern. That's. I tell you what. There's some action in the intern. Is that uh, with uh, Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway, both oh, known, of course. Is he as, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's filthy. In the arse. It's one of the. It's one of the most. I would say probably one of the most graphic scenes I've ever seen in a PG-13 mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. It's. Mm-hmm. It's. I would say it's like violently sexual in a way that disturbed even me, and I like that stuff. Um, spotlight, I like a bloody good anal penetration with a cactus. Yeah, uh, spotlight. That's an action scene, but it's it's again weird, weirdly sexual. Um, no, in in all seriousness, uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo uh, Banzai across the Eighth Dimension because uh, I got the Blu-ray, um, so that was awesome. Uh, finally showed Kim Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, which and of course, what did she think? She loved it, loved it, of course. loved of course. it. Uh, Kim and I finally got round to watching a little film. People probably haven't. I, I tell you what, people probably haven't heard of this. But if yeah. you haven't heard of it, you should you should go out and see it because to me, uh, I'm su- I'm surprised it wasn't bigger. Actually, um, it's apparently part of a franchise, but I've never heard of it before. Uh, and that was Star go Wars: on, The Force Awakens. Uh, no. So I finally got round to that. No, you never heard of it. No, never. Is it any good? Uh, some good space battles, um, but the <laughs> oh, bad in space. Yeah, it's it's a space. It's, well, Star Wars. It's like a space thing. I don't, I've never look. I've never heard of it, so I don't know. Um, George Lucas or something <laughs> made it, uh, and uh, JJ. Um, oh, I don't know what his name is. Brahms. Br- Brahms. JJ Brahms. That's Brahms. It. Uh, like the composer. Uh, no, it's um, it's okay. Uh, a bit of a whiny, twatty, droopy-faced villain, but a lot of space battles. But part, I mean, whatever. And then there were like little things that went like that. That after about ten minutes, I really wanted to take a crap on or kick out of a window. Um, but really good, uh, kick-ass female lead. Which I liked a lot. She's great. I I love that film. Like I said, it was my uh, film of 2015, and yeah. I didn't think it was going to be. Right. I didn't think it was going to be. And yeah. No. In all seriousness, loved Harrison Ford in it. Like loved. He was great in it. Harrison He's great Ford in it. it. And uh, a bit pissed, therefore, uh, what happened at the end? Uh, spoilers. Um, but really annoyed because he's like the best thing in it. But at least he got his swan song. You know what I mean? He got his like. He got he got a movie where from beginning to end he's in it all the way and he's kick ass in it. Do you know what I mean? Like he's the business. I think it was 
perfect uh, way for I know a lot of people oh, this is, didn't, he didn't go out like a hero actually he did he did go out like a fucking hero spoilers he did go out like a hero because he's the only one who could get close to him was the one who killed him so fuck you um, but I love the uh, Kira Knightley midget clone in it I thought she was great um, and... who the <laughs> the one who gives him the lightsaber yeah the Kira Knightley midget clone that one <laughs> She's great in it. And, uh, it was like a tangerine. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I also liked Black Hand Solo, young Black Hand Solo. I thought he was good. He's awesome in it. He's, He's really awesome good in it. it. So Midget, really Midget Knightley clone and Muppet Baby Hand Solo. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, and Daisy is Ray. She's awesome. Who? She's really good. Ray, the girl in it. That's what I mean. Midget Knightley clone. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sounds yeah, no, exactly it. like Kira Knightley. Yeah, and sort I of looks you, like. I think you meant the little CG woman. Oh CGI. no 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 no! What's the kid? No no no! She looks like. What does she look like? Um, she looks like a tangerine. Yeah, she looks like a. She's a, like a, a gone off tangerine. Stuck out in the sun too long. Uh, What's the kid? I tell you what, she looks like. She looks a bit like uh, Judy Dench's breasts. Like if she you does. open Judy Dench's shirt and her okay. two eyes, a yeah. bit like a yeah. Um, so yeah, watch that. Uh, that was like I said, it's better than it has any right to be. Uh, it doesn't sell me on the whole franchise by any means, and sh- I, I, I probably like if I watch. Rogue... Can you see why people do love it? That if you're a Star Wars fan, can you see why people love it? Wait, wait, wait! If you're a Star Wars fan, can I see why people liked The Force Awakens? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I can't see yeah. why people like Star Wars as much as they do. I still don't understand that. But I do understand why, if you like the original trilogy, you would like this one. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That yeah. I do understand. Yeah, completely. Um, and I understand why, uh, um, if you're not a hardcore Star Wars fan and you're just going along to the cinema to see the next big summer blockbuster, I see why it works as well. Yeah, I was I was in a shop the other day and they were talking about sort of talking about Star Wars and uh, um, somebody says I'm not a fan of the originals but I really I really love the the new one, so it's getting new people in as well. So it's, it's pretty good. Probably that was probably said by someone who doesn't understand plot structure or character. But yeah, excellent. Uh, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was Zack Snyder. Yeah, it was Zack Snyder. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like the best thing about it, outside of Han Solo and the Muppet Babies. Um, the best thing about it was the space battles. That was by yeah. far the best thing about it. Um, and so if you're new to the franchise or you just went along to see a summer blockbuster, it gives you plenty of bang for your buck. And it never felt, yeah. considering it was two hours or whatever it was, it didn't feel slow and it didn't drag. Um, no, it goes to it. I had loads of problems with it, but I have loads of problems with about 99% of movies that have come out in the last 10 years. So... Um, but but yeah, it was for what it was. It was very good and enjoyable. And and considering I'm not a fan of either Abrams or the franchise in particular, I felt like that was a big plus, plus. for me to yeah. say that. I thought it was therefore a big plus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, awesome. I saw Jack's back, which people can hear me and uh, Jim Wallace cover on the After Movie Diner. But it's a 80s James Spader action thriller. Fuck-a-thon. Yeah, basically. There is one scene when he goes into a porn theatre. 
course there really is. is. He just pulls up in a car and he's like, I'm just going in there. And the woman... <laughs> Are you sure you weren't watching the making of? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that's excellent. You can hear us talk about that this week. And um, and yeah, that's about it. That's about it, I think, for my week in action. You're not going to go see Batman, are you? No, fuck no. Fuck, fuck no. Not in a million years. No. no I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed the Ben Affleck as Batman. I want a solo Batman film. Right. He's awesome as Batman. And if they do a solo Batman film that he writes or uh, directs, then I'll go see that. But I have yeah. absolutely no interest in seeing Batman versus Superman. I, I mean, Man of Steel was my... Uh, Man of Steel oh, was I like fucking my... Oh, I hated Man of Steel. Was really... but, but I really did enjoy Batman versus Superman. Batman vs Superman will be the kind of thing that if it's on Netflix or if it comes to rent on streaming for like two bucks, I will watch it just to kind of, I, I, I'm not keeping up with the DC universe. I won't be going to see Suicide Squad or anything like that, but like, okay. and I, I don't particularly like the DC universe uh, movies wise, uh, no. you know, I like the characters, but I don't think they've been done well really at all. Um, but I will kind of keep it in the, like if nothing else is on, I'll kind of put it on just to kind of keep up to date with it. Because just as someone who runs a movie site and we have the movie chat and the uh, in the group and all the rest of it, I feel like the need to kind of keep up with it as I can. Um, yeah. But I have no great desire to see it. Uh, um, the the movies I'll be I'll be seeing Civil War and I'll be seeing the next X Men one just because I've been keeping up with those universes. But um, I probably won't go see Batman versus Superman in the cinema. Um, I might go see Hardcore Henry this week, but I've got a very busy week, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm seeing that. I'm yeah. seeing it. Um, I've got, got a bloody Game Ford film waiting to watch. So yeah, yeah, another western. Another western. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, Glenn Ford. Glenn Ford. Yeah, What's he was? Um, uh, isn't he Rosemary Ford's dad? From um, um, What's on the board, Miss Ford? What was her name? <laughs> Rosemary Ford. Rosemary Ford. Yeah, I think it's her dad, right? Uh, he used to host rude. a game show in the Wild West and that. He used to go, <laughs> what's on the board? Banging all the, going banging all the contestants. What's on the board, Miss Ford? I am. Oh! Yeah, so that's it. That's our week in action. That's all the action news we have time for. Should we kick on into the Glimmer Man, sir? Let's do that from 1996 so this movie is 20 years old 20 yeah. 30 years old yeah 20 uh, 20 years 20, old 20 years 20, old 20 yeah amazing the glow. amazing <laughs> i want to know where's the 20th anniversary special edition blu-ray huh oh, come on criterion <laughs> collection <laughs> can you imagine the criterion collection Akira Kurosawa's <laughs> Ran, Ingmar Bergman, The Wild Strawberries, and Steven Seagal's <laughs> The Glimmer Man. And people go, are you taking a piss? It's 20 years old. <laughs> when it's I matured made a, like a fine wine. When I made The Glimmer Man, I wanted to bring Buddhism, the martial arts, and outrageous jackets <laughs> into the populist mind. And I think I achieved that. Coming next year, fire down below the 25th. (laughs) You should do. What you should do. I did did the global warmings, Johnny, 10 years before Al Gore. (laughs) Global warming was cool. It's never been cool. (laughs) 
Why do you uh, want about the climate changing, Johnny? Sorry, carry on, dude. Yeah, go. Should, should do it. If I was Martin Scorsese, yeah. I'd go around singing a really obscure Stephen Skull's film's praises. Because yeah. then all the hipsters would be like, oh. no, I've always liked it. I liked uh, I liked Under Siege before it was called as well, you know. So yeah. you should go on to like one of his things and go, the thing is about, about Under Siege, it's, it's, it's a film about tension and it's about love. And it's the love that he has for the girl from Baywatch's tits. That's all he should say. <laughs> It'll get a Criterion Collection release. We no, win. I think it'd be better if it was uh, if it was like a, if it was like a really obscure one. So if it was like ah, the thing about Mercenary for Justice, <laughs> where he plays John Seeger, is, or the thing about Today You Die, the uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal movie from two thousand and five, where he plays a. Plays a fake black man, Nobody... a bit like the jazz singer. Yeah, without Johnson, he is—he uh, is really—he likes to be paired up with the black man, doesn't he? Because in uh, "Today You Die," he's there with uh, Ice Cool. Yeah, who? Yeah, well, I... he's, he's no racist, is he? I know Ice Cool, who is the least well-known uh, black rapper named Ice. You've got Ice T. <laughs> um, even Vanilla Ice, I would say, is probably better known. <laughs> Yeah, Dan he's not black, so he couldn't maybe team up with him. Yeah. He likes to be he likes to be paired up with the with the black man. Thinks he's making a lethal weapon. Yeah, which in a way he isn't. So, <laughs> uh... <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, let us um, into this movie go. All right, um, are you ready? Uh, I've got up the digital version. I'm on all noughts, and the screen is black. That's what I'm on. Good, okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, then. So we are doing a commentary for The Glimmer Man. Warner Brothers has just come up on the screen. Are you with me, Doc? Oh, I'm there with you. Excellent. And this is when I was under contract for The Warner Brothers. There was only... I never met them. (laughs) There was only one guy called Warner that I met. And then I said, hey, why don't you get another guy? And then you could be the Warner Brothers. I invented that 40 years ago. Uh, I invented pussy. Uh, this was a Seagal production. Of uh, it was. Which you can tell because of all the mumbo-jumbo cobblers that is in it. He basically plays a Buddhist martial artist, CIA, hitman, um, cop... Like, it's everything Seagal's been in his movie career, all in one character, really. Mm. But weirdly enough, uh, considering that he is from Russian Jew heritage, and uh, he... No, he genuinely is. And um, and, uh, his best friend is Vladimir Putin. It's quite interesting how in this movie, uh, the Russians are the bad guys. They are, yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe he's, he's forgets that he makes this one when he goes around to Putin's to yeah. put it in. Yeah, Putin is like, Stephen, I love your movies, except The Glimmer Man. Why do you make the Russians the bad guys? We what do like, you hate the Russians, We will like the good guys. Um, so yeah, not Putin's favourite of uh, Seagal's movies, unfortunately. Would you say he was Putin's 
foot in it when he made it. He was, probably, yeah, I would say that, um, if I knew what you were talking about. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so where does this fall for you in, like, Seagal's movies? Do you think it's up there, or do you think it's one of the lesser ones? Uh, it's definitely not one of the lesser ones when you consider this, some of this shit that he's made in the last few years. Yeah. It's uh, good there. I mean, all his early films are, are fun. Yeah. Um, I especially like how the Predator uh, is in this beginning bit. The Predator <laughs> directed that whole beginning bit. I invented the Predator. <laughs> Did you see the beginning of my 1996 blockbuster hit, The Glimmer Man? <laughs> it was the Star Wars of 1996. <laughs> It, it was actually the Star Wars, and there we go. He's arresting a, ma- a bass player from Bon Jovi's yeah. band there. They won't be on tour tonight. He got in trouble, that guy, for eating one of Seagal's cakes. <laughs> yeah. Got fired. Um, I Gary Daniels has been in there. What do you mean? Did you see the sticker that was on there? No, what does it say? Oh, it's just it's just obscured. It said back. No, oh, it did. Yeah. I like how uh, Seagal is wearing uh, his wife's necklace. Shows yeah. true true love of an, a woman. He's also wearing his wife's hair. <laughs> now, is this the first uh, appearance of Seagal's uh, fake hair? Because it, it look look how much thicker it is at the front. It's not quite. The Dracula peak we've come to know and love. No, I think I think he got more I ridiculous think was, as he I got think older. This was probably this. There was a bit coloured in it, but like it's certainly thicker than it is in Above the Law and his earlier ones. Yeah, he's probably put some of that. You know, that spray on hair. He's probably put some of that on. That's there. probably what it is. That yeah, and maybe... that, he's got no hair. Yeah. Well, Seagal was like, I can't have, I can't have, I can't have anyone in a movie with me with more hair than me. Look at that jacket. Look at that jacket. That is incredible. I want all the crime scene photographs so that I got pictures of my jacket because I'm looking tight. Uh, he always goes to a crime scene wearing the latest in designer um, curtains. Yeah. I like those curtains. Yeah. I got a chaise lawn draped in this fabric, Johnny. Oh, look. The, the killer is also an artist of some note like the Banksy of his day. I invented Banksy, Johnny. Shh, I am Banksy. <laughs> that would be amazing if he turned round to Keenan Wayne's and said, I'm Banksy. <laughs> Who, who's Banksy? This is 1996. You'll see. You'll learn all about Banksy. <laughs> I love how they try and have like witty repartee and rapport here which basically boils down to Keenan making a few jokes and Seagal laughing like an idiot even though he doesn't understand any of the jokes look at that I can lick myself it'd be great as well if he never called him his character's name he just called him Keenan I also like how this completely random call that Seagal demands they take at the beginning of the movie wraps into the larger plot of the film as it goes on. Well, it's very uh, 
it's very intricate. I film. would say it's like the usual suspects, really. Oh, or Inception. <laughs> <laughs> Memento. Yeah. It goes backwards, this film. Yeah, it was the memento of its day. <laughs> Christopher Nolan is my bitch, Johnny. I invented hipster scars. <laughs> she's laughing, look. Laughing as she's running along. Ninja monk there, look. Yeah. Detective Cole, Detective Camel, what do we got? There's a boy named Johnny Devil. He's a senior. He's got a gun and Definitely a not Wait a fashion police. Wait, the boy's called Johnny? <laughs> One day he's going to grow up and be deputy in Arizona. No, in Louisiana, sorry. If you notice, every other man in this movie is bald. Yeah, what a shock. Cigar it's not really is it? I want to be around a lot of Catholic schoolgirls, Johnny. Not that I run a sex trade or anything. See if you can give me a couple cell phones right away. He's trying to be like... Um, Low rent white Mr. T in this movie, isn't he? With the with the stuff slung around his neck. Yeah. Not in the movie. I love this actor. He's my favourite actor. Actually, he's my favourite actor of all the people who uh, take over school. Oh no, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about the ginger one near the blackboard. He's my favourite actor. Oh no, I meant him. <laughs> I think he's awesome. I've got all of his films. <laughs> Hello, I'm. I'm Steven Seagal. I'm going to come in here and show you how having another gun in a situation is always better than having less guns. Yeah, see, if a security card had a gun, he could have shot you. This is basically like when they were in Arizona teaching uh, teachers how to use guns against possible people bringing guns into school. You remember when he did that with... Yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That master strike. Yeah, he based it on this movie. He's like, I know all about it because I've done it in a movie, Johnny. I know all about it. I got it. I know that by pointing a gun at a child who's also pointing a gun, it by no way makes the situation worse. It only makes it better, Johnny. What, what's coming up, like what he does to solve this problem, is possibly the greatest thing anyone has ever done ever. Start out like this. Look, I'm going to put my gun down. I'm going to pick up another one. <laughs> and an ice cream. And a cake. And some chicken wings, Johnny. Let's go get chicken wings. What's better than chicken wings? Chicken makes everything better. I know somewhere that does bison wings. And bison don't even have wings. Look at that. That is amazing. He did that himself. He did, propelled by his weight. Yeah. You'd imagine that under his, under his massive gut, gravity would have forced them downwards. Apparently not. Apparently gravity drags Seagal <laughs> horizontally through the air like Superman. Yeah, you know that kid's got a broken back. Yeah, he's look, Seagal's not got a scratch on him. Yeah, of course he's not. I love the way he holds his gut like that. It's because he's always hungry. Yeah. He's and Wayne's always, Wayne's holds his crotch because he's always horny. Yeah. That guy's holding something else. I don't know what he's holding. Dildo, probably. Now, I would imagine Bob Gunton here, he's a, he's a bad guy, isn't he? Because he's Bob Gunton. And yeah. he's bad he's and everything. crazy eyes. He's bad and everything. I got him in here before Shawshank's Redemptions. It's my favorite movie, Johnny. I told him. I directed to, it. I told him to be in that movie. 
in this in this movie, Sagala shows um, what I think De Niro has been trying his whole career and hasn't quite succeeded in, and that is how not opening your eyes very much and not opening your mouth very much, and in fact, not raising your voice above a whisper makes you a better actor. Yeah. If you can't see and nobody can hear you, then it's the best performance ever, Johnny. It creates a mystery it about does. your character. Now, do you reckon that's his real hair, or do you reckon he stapled that ponytail on? Do you reckon it's one of those stick-on jobs or an elastic? It could be a stick-on one, yeah. Because be he, one. when was this? Ninety-six. Here he is, Mitch Pileggi not appearing in this movie. Yeah. I couldn't afford Mitch Pileggi. He was doing Shakespeare's in the park, Jenny. <laughs> What I like to think is that Seagal has got to a point where he believes all his movies really happened. So he like really believes that, that this is how cops work and this is how yeah, police is stations just... work and this is really how life is. I feel like Wait. every new Seagal movie we watch is an insight into his brain that is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not even a half truth. It's just the truth. This is the same year as uh, Executive Decision, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. And it's a, Executive Decision is a Warner Brothers as well, right? Yeah, most of all of his films up until... Uh, well, Mark for Death was Fox. So he did Above the Law, Mark for Death and Hard to Kill in the same year. Then Out for Justice. I, I personally think his first, four film, first five films, he never bettered. <laughs> This is hilarious as well. Because they've left the boobies out. <laughs> and what's hilarious about it is Seagal says, Listen, fuck that. <laughs> let's have a scene where I fuck her head wound. My best friend James Spader would do it. Um, because it's in the script about her breasts being fake. Seagal's like, to explain to the audience what boobies are, leave them out. I want to see the boobies. <laughs> no, no, people know what tits are. <laughs> and because the um, guy doing the autopsy has more hair than Seagal, he makes him wear a silly plastic hairnet. <laughs> Fact. Not being in a scene with him, he's got a head of hair. I want him to wear one of those little plastic hats like butchers wear. I want James Spade to actually them to come in again. That's weird. She's actually didn't come in with a headshot wound. <laughs> and then you just see James Spade creep, creeping out going, I made that. <laughs> with a half an erect penis in his hand. Yeah. Just going down from the king. Yeah. Not content with the four holes that are already in her face. <laughs> Five holes, actually. Okay, Run this number. So girl's like, can I can I touch a lady's booby? <laughs> I've never t touched a lady's booby before, and if I put it in a movie, it makes it real, Johnny. Yeah. I got a weird feeling in my cigar pants. Everyone, I need a closed set for this scene, <laughs> and by closed set, I mean everybody gotta leave, except you, my dear, playing the cops. I need to touch your boobies. She's like, is this how I get into Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, I'm a producer. 
What, what else have you produced? Have you seen any of my movies? <laughs> Who are you again? I'm Steven Seagal. I only produce my movies. I'm looking at your pussy now, and I'm thinking that might be hard to fail. <laughs> this is where he hangs out and shows that he's down with the Asians. Yeah. Or he's down with every nationality. Except the whites. He can't stand that. Except for whites. He can't stand that. He hates being white. He hates it. He's been trying his whole life to not be white. Moved to Asia. Set up a dojo. Became a Buddhist. Hung out in you Detroit. Just, you just know he must have been a fucking pain to work with. Because I bet this was just written as like a normal character. And he was like, no, I'm going to wear some really shit necklaces. <laughs> I think my cop would walk around Los Angeles dressed in Tibetan beads, Johnny. <laughs> like cock. I'd like a scene in an Asian store that doesn't forward the plot at all, but does <laughs> does talk about all the bombs and ointments that me as Dr. Cigar knows how to apply to things. <laughs> like in Long Long when he, goes, he rubs that lotion on that bloke, he's like, Did that work? No. Oh, you, you see him two days later and he's even more sick than he was before. And he goes, <laughs> he's that's because I got <laughs> That's because I got to you too late, Johnny. If I'd rubbed the bombs and ointments and ground up ostrich cock on your back <laughs> earlier, then you'd be cured. I'm Dr. Seagal. I know all about the Asians' treatments. <laughs> Meanwhile, medical science has debunked all of this as bullshit. Mm. Uh, Dr. Seagal, I have a headache. All right. That's right, man. His wife, isn't it? Yeah. I want you to go outside, stand on one leg, and I gra- grab some ground badger cock and, uh, and some special mystic bombs from the Orient and rub it between your nose. Yeah, or I could just take a couple of aspirin and lie <laughs> down in a room for 10 minutes. You could do that, but it's poison. I'd advise against it. I would. I'd take the badger penis every time. Sometimes I don't even wait for the badger to die. <laughs> I just rub his gooey knob on my forehead, <laughs> and my headache just goes away. Sometimes it it falls into my mouth, and <laughs> I can't help but suck it. It's good for stomach ulcers, Johnny. Makes them go away after I've been eating all the meats. <laughs> His wife comes in to find him like sucking an otter off or something. <laughs> and she's like, Stephen, what are you doing? He goes, I got, I got the stomach pains. It helps with the stomach pains. You have to believe me. <laughs> I read it. I read it in an Asian book. I read it in a book of Asian treatments. That's why he's uh, never allowed at the Grand National. <laughs> no, no, no. I have to. I have to suck off the winner because it this helps. makes him run faster. It helps with the rheumatoid arthritis if I lick a horse cock. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to stick my magic fingers in its bunghole, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's like sucking off the horse, and the person comes over, the trainer comes over, goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "This horse is with child. <laughs> it's, like, it's a male horse." No, no, no. It's with child. It's giving birth, Charlie. I'm, I'm assisting the birth. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go out of here now and go and 
go for some backup. I need, I need the horse semen. It's, it's good for virility and for keeping my hair all thick and luscious. And it tastes really good too. I put it in my milk products. I put it on my cereals. There you go. This is the first proper action scene. It's not a bad action scene. It's a, oh it's no, the action in this is great, except that it's all close up on his flappy hands. Yeah. He's got the he's got the credit card in it. With the with the knife in it, yeah. Yeah. I'm a Buddhist. I don't believe in fighting, but I will kill every single person here. I could, I could, I could break their legs, or I could shoot them in the foot, which would not be fatal. Instead, I'm going to stab them in the neck, a gory, violent, bloody death. Even though I'm a Buddhist, Johnny. I don't believe in violence. I do believe in killing. <laughs> That's what's hilarious about this sequence, is he could incapacitate any single one of them. He could handcuff them all together. He could, like, you know when, like, Cynthia Rothrock, like, she takes on four people and then she, like, duct tapes all their hands together or whatever or yeah, ties yeah. them all up? He could do that, but no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill each of them by stabbing them in the jugular, Johnny. That's the Buddhist way. Yeah, why is that? I didn't have any duct tape on me. Literally one of the most violent, horrible ways to die. Wonderful. Yeah. Once I get my arms in motion, they never stop. <laughs> I love that. Like, you see a shot of him, no one's running at him, and his arms are still flapping everywhere. Turn yeah. a flap of hand, you pat face and neck. Oh, first arm break of the movie. Oh, that's good, isn't it? The flappy hands to the face. It's a, he is quick. Oh, yeah. And this isn't sped up Benny Hill style or anything. No. Oh, look, I see some spikes. Goodbye. You're dead now. You know, for a minute there, I forgot you said you can't fight. It's a joke because I'm a Buddhist. <laughs> Kill everybody. It's funny. Ha, 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 because I'm a Buddhist. I wrote this script. I'm going to win an Oscar for this. Oscars love stories about handicapped people, and I'm clearly mentally handicapped. This is like a, an early version of that French movie about the black guy and the cripple. Yeah, the... Uh, uh, the uh, Intouchables or whatever it's called. Yeah, the Unbelievables. Unbelievables. Unbelievable how fucking people like it. Yeah, happy, <laughs> happy Clappy and the Cripple, wasn't that what it was That's called? That's it, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was the uh, it was the untouchable, wasn't it? Was that what it, it was? It sounds like a fucking awesome film. Then yeah. you'd watch it and you'd be like, "Oh, when does somebody fucking get shot?" Yeah. I want him dead. I want him dead in the ground. I love that movie. You know, Seagal wrote that line like Bruce Lee only better. Yeah. You know, um, say that I'm better than Bruce Lee, but, but you're not. <laughs> say it. I'm going to put it in a movie so it's true. You oh, say it, Waynes, or I'll hire one of your many brothers. Waynes is like, I do have lots of brothers who are more successful than I am. So are you remembering this movie then, dude? I do remember it, yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, as I watch it. I think there should have been more ninjas in the movie. 
I like that there was some ninjas in every movie. Yeah, Schindler's List should be more like Ninja's List. Yeah, yeah. Amistad should be called Ami Ninjas. Yeah, uh, The Princess Bride could be called The Princess Ninja, which I'm sure is a film anyway. The Princess Ninja's Bride. Yeah. Or The Ninja Princess Bride. Yeah. That'd be better. The Last Temptation of Ninja. He believes he's helping these people by turning them into martyrs. Only he can't get any satisfaction. So he keeps doing it. I like how Keenan Wayne um, delivers this dialogue like he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's like, I got paid, right? Yeah. The check's cleared in my bank, <laughs> so I guess I'll read out this mumbo-jumbo bullshit. Task Force Campbell. Hey, tell him on the phone I'm better than Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to show up at this crime scene in an even more ridiculous jacket. I wanted, like, each sequence to have him. Also, right, two people are killed. How many fucking cop cars are there? There's so many people being shot and raped in downtown L.A. right now. Where are the cops? Two rich people got killed in a house, so they all had to go look at it. I mean, talking about contaminating a crime scene, there must be 700 fucking policemen there. Who are these people? Yeah, there you are. Looking around the house, looking for a, looking for a buyer. Right, all 700 policemen can leave now because I'm here. And Anne knows Kung Fu. <laughs> I'm better than Bruce <laughs> I'm better Lee. better than Bruce Lee. <laughs> he said so. He's been riding... Drawing on the wall again. I like his graffitis. Well, that's just saved me a lot in alimonies. Oh, it's his ex-wife. It's his eh? ex-wife, isn't it? I begged her for years to do that crucifixion pose as I had sex with her. She'd never do it. She was clearly doing it with her new guy, who, if you may notice, has less hair than me. <laughs> She left me for a baldy, Johnny. And not even a not even a Jason Statham type baldy, but like a accountant old man baldy. <laughs> this guy was also in Jason Goes to Hell, right? The the old guy he's talking to. Yeah. Any the guy who eats Jason's heart at the beginning of it or something? That's, Jay, that's Jason Goes to Hell, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I said, yes. I think said Jason X. No, Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah. That's where I know him from. Do I know him from anywhere else? Can't think. Didn't he serve you at your local convenience store the other week? Yeah, I think he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. He offered to blow me as well when I was uh, getting, some, <laughs> <laughs> getting some Popeye's chicken. Be nice about me when you do the clever man commentary. Say I'm better than Bruce Lee. <laughs> I'm blowing you for ten bucks. I just want some Popeye's chicken. Uh, some damn fried, good southern fried chicken. Listen, I rub my beads together and I know who did it. <laughs> my beads tell me the magic thing. Like anyone would take this guy seriously. I'd be actually wondering now if he was a cop. <laughs> 
Who is this homeless guy we dragged in? Let's go. We've all got grey hair as well. My black. I'm full of laugh. Leave me in here. I want to have a sandwich. <laughs> also, this is his new wife. Like, he could pull that. Probably paid for her. I want a wife who looks like I bought her on eBay. <laughs> I invented eBay, Johnny. That's a picture of him with the Pope in the background there. I mean, imagine her taking him to make like parents. Yeah. What's he like? Honestly, he's a bit of a con. <laughs> he wears he wears some real shit jewelry <laughs> and shirts without collars. Now, Dad, bear in mind. He is very intelligent. He's what you'd call a bit of a cock. <laughs> He's got a ponytail. Lisa, divorce him. Divorce yeah. him now. Oh, is he a bloody gay? <laughs> if you bring a man home with a ponytail, a fake weave and beads, <laughs> I'm going to kick him in the nuts. But, Daddy, I love him. No, Lisa, you're wrong. He can't be trusted. He's quite clearly of a homosexual <laughs> nature. He's quite clearly fucking insane. I don't know why he's from Yorkshire. I just imagine her dad's from Yorkshire. Of course he is. Uh, look at that that coat right there. This was I knitted together. The sticks. It was knitted together by Tibetan ladies. That I bought. It looks like it was made by a blind Tibetan donkey. They didn't have enough materials, so they just used whatever they had lying around. Stitched it together from a couple of carpets. That's him meeting the Dalai Lama in the background there. Yeah. Because he's 15th in line to be the next Dalai Lama. Yeah, let's hope, they, let's hope the other 14 don't fuck off. <laughs> Brian Cox. Oof. I can't remember him being in it. Yeah. What would you like me to do? Jesus. 1996 obviously was a very good year for Mr. Cox. And we have bigger fish to fry. Funny thing about it is he does have a great cock. <laughs> Many of them. This, this thing is, this is the sort of film that he'd love to do because he can really go for it, can't he? Yeah, and he doesn't, actually. He kind of plays it down a bit. But he could do, couldn't he? So he could. Some of them are great. Yeah. I remember Dustin Hoffman was in uh, The Transporter Reloaded as the bad guy. Yeah. He really he really goes to town in that film. Yeah? Yeah. There's just a piece of paper in that. It's about Steven Seagal. He just opens it. He just says, he's a bit of a cock. <laughs> We're shit. We looked into Steven Seagal's past. We could only find two things. One, he is certifiably insane. <laughs> Secondly, nobody likes him. <laughs> Everyone we asked, and I mean everybody, thinks he's a massive plum. <laughs> His father-in-law thinks he's a gay cunt. His... <laughs> We we tracked down his dad, and his dad said, "My son is a little shit, and I hate him." 
That's his dad saying that. Yeah. The gay community says they don't want him. Nobody wants He's him. It's an embarrassment to them. Every nation in the world, every religion, every sexual orientation has told him to fuck the fuck off. So, just to let you know uh, that Brian Cox, at this point in his career, had been in Rob Roy. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was literally taking everything that came along. Look at this list Rob Roy, Braveheart, Chain Reaction, The Glimmer Man, The Long Kiss Goodnight, an episode of Red Dwarf, an episode of Superman, the TV series, Kiss the Girls, and Food for Ravens. I don't know what the fuck that is. But yeah, he was in the middle of his I'll do a cameo in a American action movie part of his career. Oh, done it. But the fact the that he's in, he Is he the only guy who's in Rob Roy and Braveheart? Like he doubled down on the whole uh, the Gaelic people hate the British. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was part of the, he was a part of the just uh, the no campaign for what's it wasn't it? Oh, was he? Yeah. So yeah, he doesn't like the English. He doesn't like the English. All right, because um, where where did he go to get work? Oh yeah, London. What kind of you trying to run? Yeah. No. Well, he was part of the. He wanted to get out of the uh, the whole thing, and everybody was like, "Why should you have a fucking say? You've gone off to America. You've lived there for most of your life." Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but it's the same as Sean Connery. He keeps telling everyone he loves Scotland. He lives in the fucking Bahamas. <laughs> I used to I like. I used to. I mean, like, I won't fucking go back there. I used to like Scotland when they invented games that women and the blacks couldn't play. But now everybody plays golf. I fucking hate it. True story. I believe if a woman gets out of line, you should punch her in the face. Punch her in the cunt. Um, <laughs> Repeatedly. With a bat. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm glad he doesn't like... Uh, um, I'm glad he doesn't like England because uh, his first series of movies and TV things, what was he in? Oh, uh, Zed Cars, that was made in England. Um, ITV Playhouse, that was done in England. Doomwatch England. Um, 30 Minute Theatre, that was in England. BBC Player of the Month, England. This is my favorite sequence in the whole movie. This is the, the him going into the Russian restaurant is my favorite sequence in the whole movie. Because Seagal literally believes that this is how he could behave and this is how it's perfectly all right to behave in any kind of oh, yeah. situation. The first thing he does in Scotland is... The Master of Ballantrae, which is in 1975. Ten years after his career started. It's not sensitive. <laughs> oh, and uh, you can tell Brian Cox is evil. Bolo tie! Yeah, bolo tie. Bolo tie. The moment, bolo tie. moment someone has a bolo tie is evil. I'm just going to eat all this food. Okay, yes, Coxie? That's the food. I love the food. What you can't tell is while while Brian Cox is on screen and Seagal's off screen, he eats all of that. They had to keep replacing it each time. Yeah. 
What must be what must be upsetting for Brian Cox is at this point in like nineteen ninety six, Stephen Scal is more famous than him. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue that Stephen Scal is still more famous than Brian Cox. Yeah, you're probably right. Brian Cox has been in more like big movies, but if you'd stop someone in the street and say Steven Seagal to them, they'll hit you. If you say Brian Cox, they'll say who? <laughs> yeah, he was uh, Hannibal Lecter and you go, no, he No, he was Hannibal Lecter. He was the Scottish Lecter before Lecter became English and then Lecter became Dutch or whatever the fuck he is now. Yeah. Where is Mads Mikkelsen from again? Uh, Sweden, Norway, Norway somewhere Norway. like that. One it's those, one of those. One of those places. countries doesn't matter, does it? What have they ever done for the world, huh? They've never Apple. invaded anywhere, or yeah. Well, yeah. the Vikings They've never did. Been Bellings, have they? The Vikings. <laughs> did. They've never gone to the Middle East though and killed people. Like you're not anybody until you've gone to the Middle East and shot a few people, really. How the Jews stay relevant? What? No, sorry, I didn't mean that. That was a joke. That was a joke. Don't hate me. Plus, this is Doctor Action, the Kick-Ass Kid. The whole point is that we make on-the-edge jokes, right? Oh yes. I need a napkin. I'm just gonna take it out of the bread basket. This whole sequence is my favorite sequence. We should really be commenting on it more. I just, but this sequence is one of those sequences where I can't make jokes about it because it's already a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like it's stupider, sillier, and funnier than you could ever make it otherwise. People should just watch this sequence. You know, you shouldn't knock Chinese potions. I don't like your face. I'm gonna point at you and then flap a hand. Bruce. That's a good punch. Yeah. It's a really cheaply made restaurant as well. Wow, yeah. The Russians make everything out of balsa wood. I learned that back when I was making this movie. Oh, I love that ending move. Flap your hand, you. Hug me, hug me, hug me. I love you. Oh. I'm of a real man. Another arm break. That guy's action move is just to hug him. Stop hugging me. Stop hugging me. I don't like it from behind. And if you're going to do it from behind, grab the ponytail. That's what it's there for. You nibble my hair, bitch. Oh, grab your cock. He loves it like that. He loves it rough, this big guy. He does, yeah. I wonder how many people he actually hurt when he was doing these. All of them. He hurt everybody. This is also like the longest end joke to a scene as well. That won't work. We're close for renovation, I'd say. Two months. <laughs> We're close for renovation. I'd say two months. How bad are the people renovating around there if that's going to take two months to clear up? Shit. Shit. That's, that's what I could mend that in a weekend. His comic timing is superb, isn't it? Well, I believe he was meant to take over from Bobby Davro <laughs> <laughs> on, um, on uh, Russ Abbott's Funhouse. 
But he got busy with this movie. Yeah. It's our last. It is, really. He was going to be in one of the last of the Summer Wines. Yeah. With, uh... He said, I don't do ensemble movies. <laughs> can one of them be black and one be Chinese? Yeah, then I can talk I'm all to about them. the ethnicities, and then BBC. I can, I can talk to them all about the knowledges I have of their races. Yeah. How about this me, Jimmy Savile, and uh, Rolf Harris, and we're all going around. We're all doing, all doing sexual trafficking. Um, it's like Asians are good for curing things with crazy potions, and the black guys are good for, like, calling them brother, smacking them about the head. That's all he knows about the ethnicities in America. That's, yeah. all, that's all he needs to know, really. I'm surprised he's not running for president. He wants to run for governor of Arizona, apparently. He'd probably win that as well. Oh, yeah. I'd love it if Seagal was president. That would be amazing. He should make the national dance. That fucking Baltic <laughs> dance that he does with that woman in that video. It's a good video. It's my favourite dance in the whole world. Because I get to slap a hand about my head and neck. <laughs> he finished it off by nutting off. <laughs> That's his mother. I I was back in the 90s. That's his real mother there. Yeah. <clears throat> Coming up, Stephen Tobolowski. Was he in another film that we did? Is he in the End of Days? Um, yeah, I think he is. But you know who's also in this movie? The guy whose movies we've covered more than anybody. Peter Jason is in this movie. Is he? Yep. Should be nameless. Toblowski, another bald guy. Look at that jacket. Yeah, that is pretty. Oh, Billy Connolly, that. If I interviewed Toblowski, the only only thing I'd want to talk about would be his appearance in The Glimmer Man. Yeah. Maybe sneakers, because I do like sneakers. I really like sneakers. I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. With Robert Redford? Mm. It's really good, man. You'd enjoy it. Where do you suppose he gets his jackets made? I like to believe it's made by blind people. They just have like a big bin of fabric and blind people just reach in and stitch it together. What, for his clothes? Yeah, for his clothes. Can you not hear me, dude? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, yeah. I just said, you know, where do you think he gets his jackets from? And I said blind people stitch them together. Oh, yeah. Come here, please. I mean, look at all the different patterns on that jacket. I mean, that's a, that's like a magic eye painting. <laughs> like, if he walks too pa- past you really quickly, you see a 3D image of a big cock. Oh, my God, it's a jet. <laughs> it's just my hand holding a gun. Yes, 
I'd be here. Well, we're about the midway point. Should we do some questions? Let's do it. So, first question from Jason Ritter. Dr. Action, what do you think of Batman vs. Superman, and have you seen season one of The Flash? I have not seen season one of The Flash. I've watched the third series of Banshee, as I said. Not got round to The Flash yet, and I really enjoyed Batman vs. Superman. Okay, then. Uh, Paul Brimner says... If you guys could make your own action film, what would it be titled? Who would star? Who would co-star? Who would be the romantic interest? And what would the stakes be? Keep up the good work. And how about doing rapid fire on the show? I think it is the longest Al Leong is in a movie. It's a good film. We need to do that. It is a good film. So... If we could make our own action film, what would it be titled? Doctor Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Common. No, Doctor Action and the Kick-Ass Kid. Uh, that's it. Versus the, the world. Doctor Action and the, the Kick-Ass Kid versus the world. Yes. Um, me and you are in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so who would start? Me and you. Uh, who would you want cameo in it, Doc? I'd want uh, Jason Statham in it. Uh, we've Stath- got to get, Se- get Seagal in it. He wouldn't do it, but okay. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be in the Expendables, so... Yeah. I doubt we'd get him. Who else would I want? Tom Cruise. Just to say we've met Tom Cruise and work with him. I'd like um, um, Judy Dench and Thora Heard. Wow, yeah, I mean, Thorred's dead, but we could dig a roll. Yeah. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I would have um, Helen Mirren. Oh, yes. Uh, I would have um, Statham, obviously. Uh, I would want uh, Jeff Speakman. And um, who else? Jeff Speakman and Cynthia Rothrock. And Pam Greer. Yeah. Uh, Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson. And Pam Greer, definitely. Um, who would be the romantic interest? Well, Helen Mirren and Pam Greer. Yeah, okay, bro. <laughs> no, do you have an actress you'd like to be the romantic? We could take Midget Kira Knightley clone from uh, Force Awakens. She could be your yeah, romantic. Yeah, she, she's not bad. She's she not could. Bad. She does some kick-ass stuff. I'll go for uh, Charlie's Theron from um, Mad Max with the with the yeah. one arm and everything, because I'd want to see that little stub flapping about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, why not? How about do, oh, uh, what would the stakes be? Um, well, would it be uh, drug smugglers, people smugglers, uh, nuclear weapon, uh, bomb, uh, stopping a war breaking out? Um, what are the other stopping big... a war breaking out? Stopping a war breaking more out? Relevant. You reckon? Okay, yeah, it's more relevant. Right. So, uh, okay. Uh, well, of course, there's always. Terrorism as well, that's the other one, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Feed it into the same plot. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, that's what we do. I mean, we, we could we could flesh it out, but I feel like it would take too long. Yeah, Jesse Johnson directing. Jesse Johnson directing. Uh, Al Leong in a cameo. Oh, uh, Kurt Russell. Yes. Kurt Russell. Pl- Ken, Ken Lamplew writing the script. Yeah. With help from us. Get the audio. 
Yeah, with Brian Tyler doing the Mitch score. Yeah. With you. Yeah. Help it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so Sean Eddy, I watched an interview with Stallone and he said he wasn't going to do another Rambo or another Expendables, even though Expendables 4 has been announced, so that's weird. Uh, does this sadden you as much as me? The interview was on the Jonathan Ross show. Have you heard about this? No. Well, the Rambo one doesn't sadden me because I think Rambo 4 ends perfectly. Yep, I do. Goes back perfect. home. End of story. And if the what was the one that Statham did that was based on the script from Rambo Five that was also based on a book? What was that? Homefront. Homefront. Right. That was going to be Rambo Five, so it was just going to be like Rambo using his training to go up against um, bikers, like local guys. I I don't think that should have been Rambo Five. It's much better no, as I... as Homefront. So. Um, uh, so yeah, I I am glad Rambo ended. In terms of him doing more Expendables, I mean, uh, I only want the Expendables to continue the way they did the first one. I don't think they've ever improved on the first one. So um, if he, it saddens me because I still hope they're going to do one more good one. And also, I would there are some people. I think no, since you like you did like the second one, though, didn't you? I like. Oh no, I like the second one, but I, the first one's still my favorite. I think that I want to see Rothrock in one. There's too many people I want to see in the franchise still. So, yeah, it yeah. would sadden me if he doesn't do any more. Um, but also, I would totally understand it. Like, he's given us three. He's given us God knows how many Rockies at this point, seven or whatever. He's given us four Rambos. I'd love to see a Tango and Cash too. That's what I'd really love to see. I'd love to see him and Russell back together. That's really my ultimate movie, I think. I think most people would like to see uh, um, uh, Tango and Cash too. But they are going to be in Guardians together. So. Yeah, they are, aren't they? That's going to yeah. be interesting. I wonder if they have a scene together. I hope so. Yeah, me too, me too, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that answers those two. So let's go over to the group now. Tell me. It's, I, I was thinking of Stephen Tobolowsky in this, I, I think. I don't think he was in End of Days. I read it. I, I, there's an interview where he was talking about working with Sigal. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. Is there? Yeah. Where he talks about it? Yeah. Okay. I need to look that up then. Okay, so David Brighton asks, you are, you are about to go into hospital for an op on your ingrowing toenail. Would you rather see on the surgeon's list Dr. West, Dr. Moreau, or Dr. Frankenstein? Gee, Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, Dr. West, because Jeffrey Combs, I'd like to meet him. In terms of actually wanting the procedure to go well, I meant Dr. Frankenstein. Right. Oh, well, I've met, I've met Jeffrey Combs anyway. So. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's some more here. Uh Tyler says, when do you think Seagal gave up and started hitting the buffet tables? I think at this point he already has, right? I think he started to, yeah. Yeah, he stopped being... Like, he was really wiry in, like, Above the Law and... um, Well, he he sort of put on weight and it was sort of a bit muscly, a bit more muscular, say, around... uh, 
under siege out for justice. Right. But and I think by this point, point I went, like, are you going to do some training? He was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm going to eat this dead bison I just found on the side of the road, Johnny. What's before this? Let's just bring it up. What's, um... Uh, it's in siege, isn't it? Is or is it on deadly I need to find it. Here we go, Glimmer Man. Uh, bring it up, Steven Seagal, Bush. Um... On deadly ground? Yeah, I think it's really this movie, Fire Down Below, and The Patriot. I really think they're like the three where he kind of chunks up. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in Executive Decision, he's still sort of muscly, right? Yeah. yeah. He was never like muscly, swatching his style. No, but... he never was, no, because he ate too much. He also <laughs> had arms like an orangutan. Yeah, it never helps. No. Uh, Dan Rowan asks, what are some fake Seagal movie titles that you can come up with that might actually be real Seagal movie titles? Who knew Seagal starred in something called Out for a Kill? Well, I did. I knew that he starred in something called Out for a Kill. Because basically, yes. his last, I don't know, whatever it is, last 20 years of movie making has all been stuff like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Out for Lunch. Yeah. Belly of the um. Beast. That's one yeah. way, yeah. Out for a kill, a uh, half past dead, uh, yeah. fire down below. He's the king of the three-word titles. Out yeah. of reach, into yeah. the sun, today you die, mercenary for justice, um, urban justice, well, that's two words, F- uh, flight of fury. Yeah, gone food shopping. Against the dark, driven to kill, uh, a dangerous man, born to raise hell, that's four words, force of execution. A good man, the perfect weapon. See, he should never have done a movie called The Perfect Weapon because Jeff Speakman's The Perfect Weapon. Yeah. The Asian Connection, he just did. He's in Cyborg Nemesis. The Albert Pyant movie. No way. Yeah, I think so. With Olivia Gruner. Mm. Wow. Wow. I did not know Seagal was in that movie. Yeah. He will literally work for cheese balls now, won't he? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is Sniper Special Ops like the con- the continuation of... It's oh, a TV this- show, isn't it? No, it's not. Uh, I thought it was a continuation of like the Sniper franchise with... Um, Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger. But this is hilarious. The poster for Sniper Special Ops, because there's a guy in it called Rob Van Dam. Totally different. Oh, he's the wrestler, isn't it? Yeah, totally different. But it actually says Seagal Van Dam on the poster. (laughs) He can't have been happy about that. I mean, it's spelt different, but even so. Is that out yet? It's being made. It's made by Fred Olin Ray, which means it's probably awful. Um, but Mike Murphy will do a podcast on it. Um, end of a gun. He's in some real... Keone Waxman. He did a whole bunch of Steven Seagal movies, didn't he? Keone Waxman. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know what fake titles it would be. Um, uh, Born to Eat. Yeah. Um, Fight for the Buffet. Yeah, I like meat. Well, it would have to be like the Meat Connection. Or, yeah, the Meat Connection. Yeah, or like uh, Max Maximum Meats. Maximum meat sweats. Maximum meat sweats. Um, they call me Flappy Hands or uh, Ladies for Sale. Flappy Hands for Justice. <laughs> Ladies for Sale. Uh, hair's hair still fake. Um, uh, gut punch feel nothing gut punch yeah. colon feels nothing um, yeah. uh, when the police turned up at his door it wasn't me yeah it wasn't me um, Peter Osmond says he should star in a sequel The Slimmer Man where he just trains to lose the weight while Wayne screams obscenity jokes at him <laughs> I'd watch that yeah <laughs> I honestly, I'd watch that. Uh, Roger Ebert's movie of 2017. Had he lived? Yeah, he bloody loved it. He bloody loved it. This uh, Roger Ebert, who hates almost every movie, loved The Glimmer Man, uh, primarily for this scene where Bob Gunton takes his uh, robe off and goes swimming. Yeah, he loves it. He loves I've naked couple, I think I've got a couple of emails, and I've just received something on. Uh, da, 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 da. I've got a few things on Twitter I forgot about. Okay. Um, so, uh, so Grant Nock asks, just to finish up this list of ones, who do you think are the least physical imposing action movie stars? The least physical... You mean the sort of ones that you look at and think, no chance? Well, yeah, no, just ones. I mean, Seagal is, uh, Seagal is physically, imp- physically imposing because he's tall. You say um, least or most least, physically? Least. Least. Uh, least. Well, you would have looked at it and thought, Bruce Lee, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, although he was muscular and wiry. Yeah, and... He, he, he was sort of short and wiry. Yeah. And you'd probably think to yourself, he's it. And uh, he'd probably kick the shit out of you. So... Honestly, so in... honestly, uh, Chuck Norris probably the yeah. least imposing action star which always makes me laugh that he gets the most credit because to me he's one of the least I look at him and I think Arnie could probably eat him for breakfast Dolph Lundgren could probably snap his back from 50 feet away but then look at Eco Awias right not physically yes. imposing at all but he could kick the living shit out of you yeah Tony Jaw. Um, he's like- Hanging off a fucking elephant tusk, having his picture taken, you think, what a sap. Um, probably Rizza. Rizza's not imposing. <laughs> He's been in some action movies. Um, um, oh, that guy from The Expendables 3 who just climbs up the fucking. <laughs> Dolphin fucker pal. Yeah. Uh, chimney, cl- chimney sweeper. Chimney sweep, yeah. Um, in fact, any of the young Spendables, except maybe Ortiz. Yeah. Ortiz is a bit muscular. But yeah, fucking um, Twilight Cock. What's his name? Tyler Lautner. 
No, no, no. The the one from uh, Expendables three. Oh, Kelly Lutz. He was also yeah, um, Kelly Lutz. What was <laughs> Ellen Klutz? That's what I call him. Uh, <laughs> uh, what what was uh, he was in um, competing? Uh, what was it? Movies? Thought no, because um, uh, oh, Scott Hercules. Atkins. Okay. That's it. Scott Atkins yeah. played Agamemnon in his movie, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, well, Burt so Reynolds not... now. Burt Reynolds is probably like right now. Burt Reynolds is like the least imposing action. <laughs> <laughs> You could fart and blow Reynolds' arms off. <laughs> Skeletal Reynolds would probably collapse if you blew wind near him. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, dude, with Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Uh, I don't know if they were comments. So, exploding helicopter at Chuffle Fireball. Yeah. Uh, the first and only film which has fun with Seagal's persona. persona. A shame because it works. It does kind of work. Got this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bride of Crapula. Not during the shooting of the Glimmer Man, but Scal did at one point sport a 48-inch waistline. Four feet. What a guy. Didn't realise that. Uh, These are not questions. Oh, here's a question from Shock Marathons. At Shock Marathons. Which is uh, my friend Charlie and uh, Matt Farley, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about the next Shane Black movie, The Nice Guys? Nice Guys seems much like much Last Boy Scout feel there. Well, I think it's got a kiss, kiss, bang, bang feel to it. It's almost identical. Yes. Um, and I don't like... I like when Russell Crowe is fat and miserable, so I'm quite happy with that casting, but I don't like Ryan, droopy-faced, twatty Gosling. So I have a sort of, I'm sort of 65% on it, 70% on it. I'll go see it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm going to go see it. I don't mind those of you. I don't mind him. You don't mind him gosling your spunk. <laughs> uh, no, he's done it. Yeah. Here we go. He outruns an explosion. Ah, uh, well, well, i tell you what, least imposing. This fucker. This guy. He's pretty. What I love about that is he outruns a gas explosion. That wouldn't like it would just explode. You can't like outrun an explosion. It would just blow up. No. He outruns it, dives down, lands on a car, rubs some deer cock on his back, like Seagal suggests, hurt. and then he's he's all right again. Asian swear by it if yeah. you've been blown out of a house for stories up down onto the back of a car like, rub, rub deer penis on your back you're like alright okay um, I've got an email from Christopher Rodriguez okay. so read it out yeah go ahead hello hello Dr. Action Kickass Kid I hello. am a big fan of your podcast hello hello and I would like to ask you guys that seeming that there is going to be an Expendables TV show who would you want to be in it and how do you think want it to be and if you're still accepting suggestions may I suggest something from Sean Connery Wesley Snipes Burt Reynolds or Harrison Ford to cover on the show yes okay um, is there going to be an Expendables TV series or is this just a hypothetical uh, it's, he says that he, 
yeah, we all hear different things, but he seems to think that uh, Expendables TV shows in the works. Well, it should be like the A-Team, shouldn't it? Yeah. If it's going to be like anything, it's going to be like the A-Team. Uh, which means, oh, well, hmm, okay then. Uh, and I assume we can't use any of the stars of the Expendables because it's they're all like big actors. Well, so no, because they're, they're, I'm, sure that, I'm sure for the right money they'd all go to TV, wouldn't they? Now. Um, well, if if Stallone doesn't want to do anymore, and and therefore I presume like Arnie wouldn't show up or anything like that, I'd have Statham and Jet Li and Wesley Snipes, because Snipes has done TV, and I'm sure yeah, Wesley Snipes has done I'm sure Lee and Statham would do it for the right price. I'm I'm pretty sure Lundgren would do it. So I would have those four. And then I would probably add to it with Rothrock. I'd love to see her in a continual thing, like fight scene every week kind of thing. And then I would have different action stars being the villain each week. So yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Van Damme's twin brother, you could have that storyline. Or like the a... Cascos. Or you could have a several episode arc, you know what I mean? So you could have like two or three episodes where they go up against Van Damme, two or three episodes where they go up against Seagal, two or three episodes where they go up against the Cascos, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Don the Dragon Wilson, uh, Jeff Speakman, Gary Daniels, um... Younger action stars who would do TV. Yeah. Lead from uh, Banshee. He's pretty good. Andy with his fist slack. Um, sure. Well, who else have we got like action on TV at the moment? Well, Daredevil. So you've got the guy who plays the I don't show. like him, though. I don't like either of those actors. Charlie Cox and the, the, the John Berenthal. Have you seen him yet as the uh, Punisher? I haven't, no. But I still yeah. don't like him. He's pretty good. No, he's pretty good. He's won me um, over. Michael Palin. I'd like to see him as a villain. Yeah, John Goodman. Russ Abbott. Russ Abbott. Yeah, I mean, maybe you go like comedians. So, because yeah. they always play good villains. So, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Seinfeld. Roy Chubby Brown. <laughs> Bernard Manning's dead, so shame. Did he die? Hey, man. Give me, give I'm sure he's dead. Shame. Uh, Bruce Forsyth, obviously. Yeah. Um, you and me. You and yeah. me as like the young recruits kind of thing. Zig and Zag from The Big Breakfast. Fuck yeah. Well, Johnny Vaughan, just in general. Yeah. Um, Trevor Simon. Now they would be menacing villains. Yeah. 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 Simon in pants. their swing your pants outfits. Uh, can you imagine like someone comes out in front of them and they're, they're like they laugh in their face and they just like they go swing your pants and as they do they pull out a machine gun and like machine gun his neck off. Like they machine gun through his neck so his head comes off. And then they're all like swing your pants. Like, that would be truly menacing, I think. Yeah, and uh, and Sarah Green is the totty. And who's the woman who played Miss Marple? Not the new one, but the really old one. 
Gene Sims, wasn't it? That's it. Uh, Gene Sims. Yeah, and Barbara Windsor having both as. Uh, so there's that. I'm Detective Cole. Any other emails? Too? Oh, here he is. Is is Peter Jason showing up? Not David Jason. No, Peter Jason. Talk you darling buds of May fans. Yeah, Catherine uh, Zeta Jones as a as a hooker. Thanks. Uh, from Robert Smith, I think he's on the group. Rob Smith. Uh, just re-listen to you. Oh, from amazing... the Cure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. From the Cure. Cool. Uh, just re-listen to your amazing die-hard commentary. And while you were talking about Gloria Henry, you missed saying she starred in one of the Phantasm films as a nunchuck-wielding blind spear killer. Who did? Was she in one? Gloria Henry? Did Gloria Henry? No. Yeah. Gloria Henry. I mean, I know who he means as in... Um, as in uh, the Phantasm, but no, it's not Gloria Hendry who stars in Phantasm Three. I want to say that's not her. She does star in a horror movie. She stars in Pumpkinhead Two: Blood Wings, um, which is one of Seagal's favourite meals. Um, funnily enough, um, I love the Blood Wings, Jenny, because um, that's how he's. That's how he stays looking so young. Um, because according to his uh, IMDb page, he's a uh, sexy baby-faced actor. Why? Which is it a, is. A, a cigar, according to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, according to his it. Facebook uh, Facebook page. Not his Facebook page is um, his IMDb page. No, Phantasm Three, Lord of the Dead. Um, he's talking about Gloria Lynn Henry, who's someone completely uh, different. Different, yeah. yeah, different, different woman, and she's only been in five movies, but she shows up in Phantasm Ravager, which I didn't realize. Interesting. There you go then. But Simple I was talking about out. Gloria Hendry, the Bond villain. But thank you for writing in, nonetheless. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't realize we were getting emails. That's awesome. People send us more emails at DoctorActionKickass at Gmail dot com. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I read the other one. Yeah. We just got two, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Um, so, we got more questions from Adam Parks. What do you make of the inconsistent tone of the movie? Is it an action comedy or an action thriller? Um, uh, but Tony Welch says it was intended to be an action thriller, but with Seagal's acting, it turned into an action comedy. That could be more likely, yeah. But I think with a Wayans brother in it, and some of the like banter in the script. Yeah, besides that, uh, I it's like it's like it was written for somebody else, and Steven Seagal brought, got brought into it. That's what it's like. Yeah, it's like hmm. a uh, last last Boy Scout type movie. Um, and then he he was brought into it, and once he was brought into it, because I think the real humor of this movie is the fact that Seagal is a, a Buddhist killer. Yeah. And you just know he brought his... Because at this moment in time, he was probably like, I'm a Buddhist. Yeah, he goes... And, and he brought it all in, and the director was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and the director's like, sorry, could you take the beads off now? We're about to roll the camera. I never take these beads off. I haven't taken these beads off in 40 years. And he shows him a photograph of Seagal not wearing the beads. That was photoshopped. 
This was before Photoshop existed. I invented Photoshop 40 years <laughs> fuck, ago. Fuck you. Stephen, could you just take the beads off? No. So that's how the discussion went, and uh, hence all the, the comedy in the movie. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the director, the director... This is the, the biggest thing he's done. So whatever Steven Seagal came on and said, he had to do by the looks of it. Yeah. So... Well, he came yeah, on as I a th- producer, didn't he, Seagal? So he, he probably... Uh... Yeah, he put all his bullshit into it. Whereas it was... There was probably... Uh... It's not a good... It's, it's not a bad film at all. It's a good film. But uh, the right tone, it would have been... Probably a lot better. Better well received. So like you say, it could be more like a Last Boy Scout type film. Oh, there's an unimposing action guy. Bruce Willis was never like... He was more your regular guy who was... He's an everyman. He's a regular guy who's resourceful rather than big, tall, muscular martial art guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell when he was first around. You probably didn't think to yourself, my God, he's muscular. But he right. could talk the talk. He could. He can do the John Wayne. Yeah. Um, Kim wants to know, how many times have I watched Seagal dance today? I don't get out of bed until I've watched it at least 10 times every morning. Well, there you go. So it's, it's at part, least 10. part of my morning ritual. I then get up and do the dance. Um, that's what I do. I do the... I flappy hand myself a few million times. And then when the bruising goes down, I have a shower. I mostly yeah. likely don't get to work until 2 p.m. most days. Um, yeah, but they understand your boss, do They do. They do understand my need to dance like a pillock. Um, and Kim also asked, what is the name of Steven Seagal's favorite dance in the world? Uh, I call it uh, the, the flappy-handed uh, tango. Flappy, flappy, flappy hango. That's what I call it. Flappy hango, yeah. Flappy, flappy hango. Flappy, yeah, flappy. Uh, I drink Kumbongo while I do the flappy hango. <laughs> um, I love a trio as well. I'll be your dog. Uh, that's Kiora. Anyway, uh, Andrew Buckley says, how many times has Seagal broken someone's neck in movies? Oh, that's a, quite a few. I, that's I a mean, question we can't answer. He, he broke that dude's back, doesn't he, in Mission for Justice? Didn't he bring it down? Like, isn't that the one with the Jamaican guy who he breaks his back? You mean Mark for Death? Oh, is that Mark for Death? Sorry, yeah, I'm getting Yeah, that. Mission yeah. of Justice was uh, Jeff Willie Wincott. Oh, Willie Wincott, yeah, Willie Wincott, yeah. Mark for Death, yeah. Yeah. Someone's back in there. I don't know how many times right. he's broken a neck. Probably he's... I mean, in his straight-to-video ones, probably three, three necks a movie, I'd say. I'd say, so. I think it's in his contract. How many times... In a demonstration, as Seagal done the bendy finger thing that he does, <laughs> where he like bends people's fingers back and they go, ow, 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 stop it. And he's like, see, I have him under my full controls. Yeah. We used yeah. to play Mercy at school as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, how many times has Seagal asked someone to cut his fucking heart out? <laughs> I don't know. Is, <laughs> is that in Machete? Definitely one. Is that, that a machete? That's it. I think he does. And uh, in Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill. I'm going to sit here right now. You can cut my heart. I like this because he steals Brian Cox's car. I didn't want to walk anywhere. Apparently that's exercise and I don't do that. I'm stealing your fucking shit. car. 
It's a tiny car. I need a bigger car than this. He drives onto the motorway and goes up to a, a, a large bus. Police business. I need a car I can fit my belly in. Um, my girl was breaking. So I don't know that we have any more questions, dude. Do we see any more? Any more for any more? I would urge anyone, though, who's interested in comic book movies to go over to the After Movie Diner website over at aftermoviediner.com and check out Grant Knox's Modern Comic Book Movies and Evaluation, Part 1. Touch you with a ten-foot pole when this shit gets out, you understand? Detective Cole, you are persistent. I'll give you that. Looks like I got something you want, you got something I want. What might that be? All right, so uh, Bobby Gunton's on the phone with Seagal. I, I, like, the thing is, if you take Seagal out of this movie and you put someone else in this movie, right? You put a Bruce Willis or you put um, uh, a Mel Gibson or something, right? Yeah. Like 90s Mel Gibson or whatever. Does all this still make sense? Because I still feel like the whole... Like, I don't really understand what he's doing. Like, is it all drugs or people or smuggling or what? Like, I didn't... I still don't think the plot makes a, a, a lick of sense. Does it need yeah, to? If there's, more, if there's a more charismatic person in the lead, do you think it, it works better? I think with somebody else, I think they'd have made sure that the plot was a bit more coherent. With somebody like Seagal, I think it was more like, well, as long as I look good. Does it really matter? So... It does feel like it was written for somebody else and he took it on, though. I do quite like him paired up with other people. Yes. Uh, I think it takes some of the, the weight off him in terms of... I wish it would take some of the weight off him. Um, but it, it takes off some of the heavy lifting in terms of um, the acting. You know what I mean? Guess your ass just got sold down the river, shithead. I'm just not sure how much I like Wayans in terms of... I he's, don't mind him. He's fine, but he feels a bit like he's sleepwalking through it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, don't you get the feeling though that he probably had a bigger part to play, but uh, somebody with a bigger ego came on and probably took it away from him a bit. He probably came in and he was like, "I got, I got a bigger stomach than you. I win. Yeah, <laughs> I, I win the movie, movie world. I yeah. win it. I got more hair than you as well." That's because I had it stitched into my head by <laughs> little Indian ladies. Um, I like it later on how he pretends to hide behind a newspaper. I'm like, anyone could fucking see it with you. <laughs> i tell you what does look fucking awesome. The new Mel Gibson trailer for his new film. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. I'll check it out probably on demand. I'll probably oh, stream I should it. see that. Um, I'm just not hitting up the cinema as much as I used to do just because of price um, but Jason is it Jason Blanco said saw this at the cinema and loved it preposterous mix of self-conscious seven riff and Hope Crosby road flick it's very generous Jason uh, <laughs> from the director of the feature length Miami Vice pilot who later went on to save the last dance Apparently, the director of this movie did Save the Last Dance. Isn't that with Julia Stiles or something? Yeah. 
and uh, Omar. I should know because it's one of my favourite movies. It is one of mine. I'm just pretending I don't know. Yeah, I know you are. I know you and uh, Claire watch that all the time. Yeah, we're big, both big Julia Stiles fans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping one day she gets her minge out in a film. Really? Did no. she come close to? <laughs> I thought she got a minge out in a film once, and then I realised it was just her face. Okay. Um, John Gray, here we go. John Gray is born in Brooklyn. Ah. And uh, he's he's made some classics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, too many it? to mention. Too, too, too many. Too many to mention. I'm just bringing them up now. Um... He directed yeah. some episodes of The Ghost Whisperer. I don't see that he did the dance movie though. No, I don't see that. So I don't know. I don't know what he means. I don't actually that. see Miami Vice. No. So I think maybe he's Funny, wrong. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get those off your CV, would you, if they were on there? Especially Miami Vice. Yeah. What about the writer, Kevin Brodbin? What has he done? He wrote Constantine, the Keanu Reeves movie. That's not a big one, bad one to have, is it? Mindhunters. He's written all of three movies. Oh, no. It's the guy who did... Uh, Miami Vice was Thomas Carter and he in fact did do Save the Last Dance. What, what cigar movie did they direct? Uh, let me have a look. Did Metro. I think this shootout in the hotel room is uh, very inspired by Sam Peckinpah. Um, yeah, the, the getaway. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I think what this director is trying to do is emulate Peckinpah in the bloodletting and the bullets. I also see influence of Akira Kurosawa in Seagal's beads. Stephen Toblowski has... Uh, 798 credits to his filmography. No, he doesn't really. Uh, 243. That's not bad. Who has the most ever? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Most prolific film actor It's got to be Eric Roberts. Ever. It was Christopher Lee for a long time. Is it? No, Eric Roberts has done more than Eric. Eric Roberts does what Christopher Lee did in his lifetime in a month. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Christopher Lee has two hundred and seventy-six. Robert Lozier right. has two hundred twenty-four. Ernest Borgnine has 204. Ernie Hudson has been in 191 movies, apparently. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I only know him from Ghostbusters. Yeah. 
Oh, and the crow. Oh, and the crow. But Eric Roberts, let's see. I, I think this list needs to be updated because I think Eric Roberts has been in. He's got. He's got to be pushing five hundred movies at this point. Four hundred and nineteen <laughs> credits. I wasn't like I was joking, and I was close. <laughs> he's done four hundred and nineteen credits. He's in a movie called Taco Shop. That's got to be with uh, Danny Trejo, surely. It's got to be. It's got to be. And Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, she's Hispanic. This is all. This is Steven Scout doing it for reals. <laughs> Clearly him. Okay, so Eric Roberts. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say she would not believe that them two are coppers. I know I look a lot thinner when I'm going down the building, but uh, <laughs> Absalon does that to you. <laughs> it takes ten pounds off you. It takes ten pounds off you. So Eric Roberts has sixty-three credits on IMDb that are either announced in post-production, in pre-production. Or completed. Or Sixty-three. Right? He has another... Wait a minute. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 films that have come out in 2016 already. And another 63 planned. And that's... that's and, on, it, yeah. and it's April. <laughs> so when I say that he done... He's done as many movies as Christopher Lee in one year. I'm not making that up. Um, I love how Cigar comes out from behind the newspaper. You didn't see me there, did you, Budget Mitch Pelleggi? I was behind the newspaper the whole time. I invented newspapers. He just looks like Mitch Pelleggi, didn't he? It is, yeah. It's like they went to Mitch Pelleggi's stunt double and went, can you spare a few minutes off the X-Files? You know, when you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, I think you're probably happy. But that is crazy, isn't it? Eric Roberts has 63. That's mad. I I, I know uh, Douglas Tilly does it. He does a podcast about Eric He does, yeah, and I've been on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I was thinking to myself... He's going to run out of films at some point. Now I'm thinking no. that podcast is going to run and run and run. <laughs> I, I think I think the Nerdist podcast or something has like 670 episodes or something like that. There's 419 credits. By the time Douglas Tilly gets round to the 419th episode of his podcast, he will have done another 400 movies. <laughs> It wasn't always that way for old Eric Roberts. Back in no. 2001, for example, he only did eight movies. <laughs> Times are on. Yeah. 
Back in 1990, he only did four. Lazy of him. Yeah, lazy bastard. <laughs> lazy fucker. 1984, he only did one movie, Pope of Greenwich Village. But then when your one movie is Pope of Greenwich Village, you only need to do one. Yeah. My thumbs! Then do my thumbs! That's the best you got. I'm just gonna have to kill you. That's the best you got. I'm just gonna have to kill him, Mitch Pelleggi. I was up for the role of Fox Mulder. <laughs> I believe the truth is out there. Oh, rubber, rubber. Look at that. That's meant to be... <laughs> I would just be like, we can't keep that in the movie. Just just like have him go through a window. Why have rubber railings in front of him? Have it cut. No, you can't. You can't cut that. Let's go again. <laughs> Pretty strong rubber, though, isn't it? It is. That makes the strongest rubbers in the world, Johnny. <laughs> so yeah, Eric Roberts, probably most prolific actor of all time. He's got to be. 419 credits, nobody else says that. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Only one credit as producer, though. What's that? Vegan 101. It's a TV series. Never heard of it. It's probably about a cop called Vegan um, who's yeah. like very anemic and every time he goes to chase after a bad guy falls over and has to be sent to hospital and pumped full of protein. Yeah, probably every episode <laughs> finishes with them. Um, yeah. Come on, Vegan. Let's go and get a burger. He goes, Did you know I'm a vegan? Let, come on, vegan. Let's go down to the diner and get ourselves some beef sandwiches. I'm just going to stay here and suck on this pine nut. Somebody say food. That would be hilarious if vegan was, was a cop show. <laughs> Yeah, and every time he turned up to a murder thing, he was just like a proper vegan and went, Did you know I was a vegan? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you tell everybody that first, don't you? Like a true vegan. Show up. I'm a vegan. You can't put me anywhere near me. Is there a burger joint three blocks away? I can't eat in this city. They're the kind of people. Look how many cops there are. Like, there's only like three or four people dead. The entire. Like, that city street is now blocked for days. I love that. Yeah, he shows up. He's like, I'm vegan. Tex vegan. Tex vegan. I've come here to chew broccoli and kick ass. And I'm all out of energy. <laughs> I'm all out of red blood cells. If I raise my hand above my head, I'm liable to faint. <laughs> Why don't you just have a burger? <laughs> Come on. Meat is murder. It's <laughs> probably what he's doing. He's probably going around solving murders for uh, pigs and yeah, yeah, cows and that. Hello. <laughs> 
I love the tiny chickens. I gotta make sure that they're looked after. You realize all these animals have been industrialized and farmed for generations, so actually if you put them into the wild, they'd all it's die. It's what they'd want. Yeah. I never understand. Like, they're farmed animals. Like, I can understand someone protesting deer hunting, and I can understand someone protesting fishing, because they just go out into the ocean and catch animals that live there naturally and just eat them. But the animals... Cows, pigs, chickens, etc., that have been farmed for decades and decades and decades and would not exist in the form that they are now if it wasn't for man farming them and, and eating them. And in fact, if you put them into the wild, would not A, not only overrun our towns, but also die within a couple of weeks because they wouldn't be able to feed themselves or look after themselves. I don't understand it. I don't understand being against that. Stupid. Right, you don't do that. The cows all to get together. They've got nothing to eat. They turn on the human race. <laughs> the cows become cannibals or become yeah. um, meat eaters, rather. Yeah, it's you're just looking at like a cow You're looking at cow yeah. is what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. The, the vegans oh. thought there would be no <laughs> repercussions when they let all the cows free, but in a vegan country. You're about to see a cow's bloodlust. Cow apocalypse. Cow Mageddon. Cow Mageddon. There's only one person who can save us now. Steven Seagal. To eat all the cows. I'm here, Johnny. You don't even have to cook them. I just <laughs> lie down on the floor. Get them to walk into my mouth. His partner is a vegan. <laughs> Come on, keep up. I can't run. I'm too anemic. <laughs> <laughs> I love to, but I can't. Every time I try to run, I shatter my pelvis. <laughs> I'm so weak. Take me home to bed. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. That was the Glimmer Man. That was awesome. Good film, good episode, I think. So what about you? I think so. I think so. And, I do uh, think so. Look out for a vegan coming to a TV sh- TV network near you. Yeah, yeah, you'd enjoy that. It would. It would. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, it starts off with the vegan running around the corner and then he breaks down and goes, oh, I've got a respiratory disease. <laughs> like that, yeah. And he goes to the doctor, and the doctor's like, now, you know why you can't breathe? Now, you don't eat enough meat. I don't eat any meat. In fact, I don't eat within 500 blocks of meat. Um, and he's like, well, that's why you live in Iowa, and you're dying. Yeah, that's right. It's a really boring show. I wouldn't watch it either. Um, so, Doc, uh, I'm away next weekend. Okay. Um... But I think maybe the weekend of the 24th, maybe, or the weekend of uh, May 1st. Either one. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, and I'm happy for you to pick the next movie if you want, Chief. Don't mind, as long as that get it on YouTube or... Yeah, we'll have a look through. <laughs> Download it. We can do rapid it. fire if you want. We haven't done rapid. We haven't done any more Brandon Lee since Showdown in Little Tokyo, have we? We haven't. No, I'd like... Yeah, let's do, uh, let's do rapid fire. Rapid fire. Let's do rapid fire. I like it. That'd be good to revisit. I've not rapid, seen it in a while. 
we could do the rapid fire movie and if people write in enough questions we could do a rapid fire question round yeah or yeah. ratatouille yeah, and we could win points. And if we win enough points, we get a Vauxhall Carlton and half a bag of roses. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> and now the quick fire question round with Bully. And what's your favourite cheese? Gorgonzola. No, that's wrong. The answer on the thing was cheddar. Next. <laughs> it's all that kind of thing. It's great. Uh, anyway, dude, uh, love the shit out of that. Enjoyed doing that with you, sir. That was a lot of fun. Excellent. Thank you. Oh, and uh, just to say, my football team, Leicester City, have definitely cha- qualified for the Champions League next season. So well done to them. That is amazeballs. I love it. I'm very happy. Yeah, I'm very happy too. Well done, Chief. Good work. And hopefully in the next few weeks, we, we could possibly win the Premiership, which will be the first time ever. I think you're going to win the Premiership. I hope I haven't jinxed it, but I think you're going to win it. I've not said it yet. Uh, I don't want to jinx it. I've just kept saying next. Can I, I ask a personal question? Yeah. If you win the Premiership, are you going to buy a Leicester FC rubber Johnny and oh. have wild sex while wearing it? Uh, or are, yeah, why not? are you going to demand that the missus dresses up in a Leicester football club uh, uh, uniform when you have sex? Uh, that, that's probably not a bad idea, actually. That's probably a good idea. I would, I would tell the uh, missus action. I would say, you've got. I wouldn't even ask her. I'd demand it. I'm yeah, just saying. Don't see what your ball skills are like. <laughs> You can wear your football boots in bed just this once. <laughs> you'll you'll need shin pads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, no biting. <laughs> Handball, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's a throw on. Dribble, 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 dribble. dribble. <laughs> All right, dude, I gotta go, but that was a real pleasure. Had a great time. All the best. Me too, you. man. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.